The football pod on OTB Sports. I think they'll have too much. I didn't hear a word you said in the last 45 seconds. What? Breaking news here on the football pod. The football pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Uh, James Carew has been in touch to say, in one way, it's sad to see how United, a once great club, have fallen so far. And in another, it's absolutely hilarious. That's definitely one of the <laughs> themes of the morning. Sarah Dunham, good morning to you. I didn't realise you were a Man United fan as well. Roy Keane, Dennis Irwin in of their heyday. Of course, Court yeah. woman, you yeah. know, holding on for dear life to those memories. So yeah. it's going great for you at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> Cork and United, I know. What did they say? Roy is just kind of res- resigned and I think I am now as well after Sunday. Are you? Like, is that is that the overriding sense? Is that the, this is a lost season? No, it's not that it's a lost season, but I suppose when you have Limerick men sympathising with you, you know, at, at a match I was at yesterday, that says it all. I'd say they enjoyed that, did they? But they're not even sympathising with me because of, of the hurling aspect of it, because they know Cork are good hurlers, but it's the lack of fight, the lack of organisation, the lack of structure, the, the sense that it's the same old thing that we spoke about last September when I was on that fateful morning after Cork lost to Limerick. It's, like that seems to be one of the, the big things, isn't it? Like, I mean, there's a million different things that you could kick off with here, but that sense of individuals versus the collective. I think Owen Cadigan in the Examiner this morning has called them a bunch of individuals with no collective cohesiveness, I think is, is the quote from his piece, which, is, which seems to be one of the prevailing themes. And Owen is kind of going out on a limb here because he's been part of that structure for 10, 15 years. It's going to be very hard for him to write that, but obviously his sense of frustration is coming through. And you wonder, was that his sense when he was in the setup as well, that he wanted things to be more cohesive? Because he's obviously played in an All-Ireland winning football team and he knows what it's like for the likes of uh, the Cork footballers to galvanise themselves to win that All-Ireland in 2010. And he probably doesn't feel that with the hurlers. Mm. So what's wrong? There's three things in hurling, lads. Hurling first, physicality and organisation. Cork have the hurling. They don't have the physicality. They certainly don't have the organisation. They have a physicality. They have intense pace, right? They Obviously, uh, the Limerick team is full of big men who could all have played rugby or could all have played Gaelic football. You know, like, Gord Hegarty's a beast. There's, uh, Kyle Hayes is a beast. And, and Dermot Burns, like, you know, as... Uh, six points the last day but I suppose from Dermot Burns' point of view he was scoring his points from his position at half back you know the Cork lads weren't in a position to be able to do that kind of I suppose scoring the last day we're not my frustration is that the Limerick lads are able to hold their structure like I I think at one stage you know the Cork lads I'd say everyone was outside the 45 why do they all want to get forward why are they all driving forward when their first job is to defend Mm. Is that just like a sort of message to like manic aggression, manic passion, get forward, get on the ball and there's no kind of thought to it? it that's what we're coming back to is the structure. You're a defender first. I don't need to see Damien Cahillan bursting up the pitch. It's not his job. You know, the same with Sean O'Donoghue, the same with Niall O'Leary. It's not their job. Nor do I need to see Patrick Collins in the corner, you know, jostling with three Limerick players. That's not his job. His job is between the posts. Are they... Are they told to do that though is, that, is, is it that actually they've decided that we're going to play this running game and our halfbacks are going to swarm forward and, and it's just it's not working for them so the structure is there it's the wrong structure or the structure is breaking down or there's no structure I don't think there's any structure I think everyone wants to get forward and I think it can be fixed 
But these lads have to accept that their first job is to defend. And there's eight guys ahead of them between midfield and the inside six who are capable of scorers. Like Cork scored 217 the last day. It's not that they can't score. The other part of it is you have incredibly physical or fast players in Shane Kingston, um, Jack O'Connor, Robbie O'Flynn. We didn't see any of them, you know, build up ahead of steam bar Kingston in that first 20 seconds they're not allowed to like brace out win a ball turn their man because the ball isn't coming up quick enough 6-8 passes to get the ball 20-30 yards it's too slow What's causing the confusion? Is it, is it um, that the style hasn't evolved or the style hasn't been bedded in or because there's been enough of a brain's trust around that Cork team over the last couple of years for very smart people to have said this is what we're trying to do but you don't think that's uh, coming through at all in what you're seeing? They Now, they haven't stood still. Like, Kieran Kingston, obviously, last season brought in Pat Mulcahy. Um, he brought in Noel Furlong. These are guys who are around hurling teams for a long, long time. It's not, you know, it's not that they're not listening, but it just seems to be that they're f- the urgency in the players is to get forward, but they don't seem to want to be able to defend. Cahill Barrett, the last day for tip, and he's running back and he's, you know, he gets that interception against Mikey Kiley, that real lack of, I suppose, that real intensity that he has to, to drive back to make that challenge. The Waterford hurdlers, Connor Prunty standing up, they're able to get players between the ball and the goal, whereas the Cork lads can't seem to get themselves between the player in opposition and the goal. That, and that's a really interesting kind of fall down in the system, it seems, that obviously Don Logue took to pieces really at half time in the game on Sunday. So, how do you have a management team that, as Jarrett says, is very smart and has been working on this for the last couple of years, and that defensive system just doesn't seem to exist at a really, really important point? Is that, is that just pure pressure getting to them, or is, is that maybe even lack of preparation? I, I can't say it's lack of preparation. I, yeah. I can't say it's, it's want. You know, these lads are the ultimate professionals in terms of the skill set that they have as hurlers. But organisationally, I don't know how much they want to be able to get back... Like, there's some really hard calls that have to be made when you're an inside backline and and a goalkeeper. The, the amount of energy that it takes to draw your teammates back to stand alongside you. The core teams of old never, you know, there was always three at the back. There was always Sean O, Kern, Gardner. There was a vivid back six. We haven't seen that with Cork with the last five, six years. You mentioned there that it's obviously very interesting to see what Owen Callaghan has to say given he's so close to the team. What's interesting is that in that column as well this morning, he mentions that Cork forwards had three tackles in the All-Ireland final last year and he mentions token efforts when it comes to running hard for possession and he thinks that that's a theme that we saw last Sunday in Parky Cueve as well. There might be a little bit of a, a full-back union going on there but if you want to read into that a little bit more I mean does that maybe point towards a little bit of kind of leftover angst regarding the efforts that his forwards are going through last season and, and maybe that's a prevailing theme where up front, as you say, the, the, they see the, the, the jobs of the backs to get forward but maybe the forwards also see their job as scoring and, and not really tracking back that much. Yeah, and as a forward, a former forward, I, I'm going to go with the forwards here on this one. Your first job is to score and your second job is to defend. Now Ray Boyne will kill me because he'll say your first job is to, to work hard mm. and, the, and your second job is to score but... I think the forwards aren't being allowed to to score, first of all, because ultimately the ball isn't coming in fast enough. So they spend all of their time having to, to work to, to kind of win the ball back. It should be a kind of 60-40 ball in favour of the forward all the time. And the Cork midfields and halfbacks aren't giving the Cork forwards the advantage. So they spend their all of their time on the back foot. They look lazy. And do you think that the Limerick forwards would see their job as scoring first and defending second, for example? 
I think the Limerick forwards are expecting a 60-40 ball first of all right. and that's the, and that's their first that's their, you know that's that's the advantage that they have over over the Cork lads at this stage the Limerick lads make it look very easy because they kind of get to do a happy mix of both they get some incredible ball the distribution is outstanding and then they can work off of that they feed off each other they're they're confidence players but also their teammates are incredibly confident and I just really enjoy watching the way they work together but but like Aaron Gillan was doing a pile of work on his own last year but the the ball that he was getting the space that was being provided to him was incredible It does look like everything that they're doing is designed where the work that Cork are doing whatever it is isn't bearing fruit on the field of play and that must be the most frustrating thing for the players for the management as well so what would make it not be a lost season at this point? It's only one game like I suppose Tipperary and Waterford the last day you know four point win for Waterford Everyone was buoyed by how good Tipperary were because they were expecting so little. Yeah. From Cork's point of view, they're constantly going into games expecting, or or maybe it's our fault for expecting so much. Um, should they take the pressure off? Should they accept where they are? Are should they accept that you know the structure in there? They have to build it. Are we putting too much pressure on Cork? Well, I don't know because uh, like the the throughput of talent that is coming that we you know we keep hearing hearing about the red storm rising. Um, like it's our fault. <laughs> Well, they do appear to have a bunch of really good hurlers. Like, I don't know. If if uh, John Kiley and Paul Connerk were in charge of Cork, what would the result be at the moment? If um, Liam Cahill was in charge, what would the result be at the moment? Uh, or do the players need to take more responsibility? Like, if, if Callaghan is saying this stuff now, was he saying that stuff? Did he feel free to say that stuff? Are they encouraged to be themselves? I don't know. Like, Because we had Patrick Horgan on the show last week or uh, the week before and he was like actually you know we weren't overly concerned with the league final because we knew we'd done loads of stuff and we made loads of progress um, and we'd learned from our experience in the All-Ireland final and we had built on it but it didn't look that way at the weekend now it's a bit close in the All-Ireland final it was more of a game still a game at half time maybe that's progress maybe maybe Limerick are going to do this to everybody and at the end of the season we'll go actually you know what that was okay at that point because Limerick did this but at the moment Claire licking their chops thinking well, we don't have to go to Park Cueve. This is an, this is perfect for us. Tipperary going to be looking at Cork, going, we need a win. Big big red circle around that. Like, there's a possibility they don't make it out. Uh, there's every possibility that they don't make it out because every other team has used the league to find a structure. Now, I was looking at the Clare league setup. They're probably the most. I suppose unstructured in terms of of of, of us starting fifteen. I'm very impressed with Tipperary the last day. You know, quality quality full back line really took it to Waterford, who are, who are essentially the best team in the league. And Tipperary were able to stitch together a performance that allowed their fans to kind of take a, a breath of relief. You know, heading heading out of the stadium, saying, "God, we could have a summer here yet." Yeah. I I think that Clare could be a banana skin for Cork, but the Clare Cork game if you'll remember it in Parky Keeve in the league, it was miserable because there wasn't that close contact that we saw in the Tip and Waterford game. There wasn't that physicality. They were zonally marking. There, there was massive amounts of space. I think it was 130 to 121 or something. Stupid scoring. Yeah. You know, we, we, we don't want to see that in games and Cork have to get away from the fact that they shouldn't be looking to hit 130 in a match. They should be looking to kind of to really tighten up their, their defending so that they can win games 217 to 210 or much better games. And they'll expend a lot less energy. If you score 130, but you concede 121, the energy output is too much. Mm. And like that definitely seems to be something that maybe Waterford have taken up this year as well, where it's like, 
you've got any chance of winning this All-Ireland. We've just got to score a heap of goals. Like, that's a very obvious point to make about how Limerick are going to be beaten this year. But you mentioned the physicality, and clearly the pace of Cork didn't work, didn't harm them too much the weekend. Is there anything that you can see from this Limerick t- team or anything that might be their kryptonite a little bit this year? Do I think they can be stopped? Yeah, or what is the most likely way that they can be stopped? I, like, to be able to kind of draft in Mike Casey and then and then parachute Kyle Hayes in, into full forward, uh, it's, it's, it's like... It's ridiculous. No, no other team, I don't think, can can change their half back and, and make him a full forward and make him as effective. You know, should we look at then Tim O'Mahony being parachuted into full forward because he's the same type of physicality and he's you know the same kind of pace? But then, who do we put wing back? Like uh, we're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Well, you get the sense too that Limerick have tried this. Yeah, there's been a training period where they've done this again and again and again, and they know exactly. And everybody's pre-programmed to go. Okay, when this happens, we're going to do this with Cork. I'm not sure if they've been working on that or if it would be an immediate reaction. Sometimes those reactions work, like in sport, you know, and that's not to say you shouldn't do it, but it would it would feel a little bit like going five at the back against Liverpool last night all of a sudden because we did a few videos in training this week and suddenly it's like, oh, that didn't work. Look, uh, I suppose from from Quark's point of view, I I think fundamentally for the next two games, they have to get a back six. And if your back six is heading out past the 45, then you have issues. Mm. And you like, you know, the, the management have to explain to these guys, I don't want to see you go past the 45. That's not your job. Because ultimately you want the guys like Robbie O'Flynn, you want Jack O'Connor, you want Darrow Fitzgibbon to have space. And if there's six guys running with them up the field then they're taking three, four forwards from, from the opposition with them and all of a sudden you've 20 lads in, in the middle eight. There's no space for these guys with pace to run forward. So it's no harm for the six defenders to stay back. We don't need them all up in the top of the field. You know, they're it's, just getting it's in the way. Yeah, they're getting in the way, lads. Spoken like a true forward. <laughs> um, uh, Sarah, we had intended on talking about the quality of the Camogie season and the general excitement around after in the aftermath of um, the Cork Galway final, but that's all been overshadowed by the horrific events at the weekend where Kate Moran unfortunately passed away um, after an incident in the game. Full details haven't quite emerged yet, but it's um, it's so shocking. Here's a, an All Ireland winner as a as a kid and played in All Ireland finals and was just making her way in the sport. Uh, it's just a horrific, horrific incident. I can't make sense of it. Like you know, we we had a match last night, a league match in Port Marnock, and uh, we had a minute silence for Kate. But to to imagine, you know, a group of players get onto the field on Monday night, and one of them doesn't come back into the dressing room. It I, even as a group of, of of girls last night, it was hard for us to to comprehend that that could happen. And it's such an innocuous thing, you know. Uh, it, it's a challenge on the pitch that. It, it appears that it was it was literally you know a collision on the pitch an accidental collision and and she's lost consciousness and, and she and she didn't regain consciousness you know and I, uh, I I think it's going to be a real struggle for for those players in Galway to to find sense to go back onto the pitch after that and that's that's my worry as well yeah and it does seem churlish to, to do a, a, a championship preview um, in the aftermath of that so we, we will talk about the championship season again at an appropriate time but we'd obviously like to send our condolences to the, the Moran family and everybody involved like it's a horrific story and you know massively concerning as well so we just hopefully um people find out exactly what happened and, and just trying to get to the bottom of it and you know as I said we send our condolences to everybody so Tara thanks very much for joining us in studio this morning OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar 